0: to everyone and welcome once again to the Coles Brown show again you can watch and hear it exclusively right here on my new home the Black College Sports Network once again glad to be here appreciate you all tuning in you know how I do it here's what's coming up on today's guest menu joining me in our number one will be Jim Klein Peter he's a contributor writer for The Advocate. He covers Southern University sports. He'll join me in our number one. Then following uh, Jim Klein Peter will be uh, special guest Dr. Travian Scott. Now I got to make sure I get this right. For so long being at Southern University, now the Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics at Gramlin State University. What are the odds that I'm going to slip and say Southern University when addressing Dr. Scott? Hopefully, I won't mess up, but he'll join me in hour number one. Then, after a quick timeout, in hour number two, here are the guests, Brandon B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show that's forthcoming here on the Black College Sports Network. He's going to join me in hour number two, and we're going to be discussing, of course, swag football, and specifically, he's going to narrow in on offensive line position in the conference. Who are some of the best units, groups in, in the conference? And then we'll get into some other things. And then after uh, B.J. Jones, I'll be joined by uh, Charles etman now officially of the Black College Sports Network. He's going to have some programming on now. I believe it's called Brave Talks, Coach McNair Show. Also different audio uh, editions of Alcorn State Athletics. So we want to say welcome to the family, Charles, the Black College Sports Network. Then you're going to uh, see me visit with A.D. Drew, Sports Rap, Black College Sports Network. And um, we're going to talk some athletics, among other things. So that's the uh, guest menu uh, for today's show. Now, what I want to do also is, and A.D. is going to help me out, going to interact with uh, our audience a little bit more. And he's going to let me know uh, comments, what have you. There he goes. A.D. Drew, good morning, A.D.
1: Good morning, Carlos. How are we doing today?
0: I'm doing fine. After a busy week, now it's Saturday. And if you're among the living, you're blessed. So I'm doing well. Um, I was saying that we'll be able to incorporate um, the listeners, a little bit more interaction or feedback, and AD is going to help me with that. And if you have a question or comment, I'll try my best to answer it. And if not, I'll get the answer for you. So just a little bit more of interaction between uh, the audience. But simply like top stories or trending stories right now is with reference, Outside the conference, football programs and other programs are getting ready if they have not started to fall camps. Southern University started yesterday. Alcorn State, they're, uh, they should be in day seven. And then, of course, the rest of the programs in the conference are getting ready uh, to start that fall camp. And that's a crucial point because um, AD, when you look at it, Once upon a time, and I mean a while back, you came to camp and you got in shape. Now you can't do that. It's a year-round process. So day one, you have to be working out after the spring season is over, conditioning in the summer. And then when you come to camp, you got to be ready day one because they have a certain time to get things done. And if you're not in condition, then you're you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble. But uh, do do you agree with that, Ad? Now it's an all year conditioning program, and you have to come to
1: camp day one ready to get get to work. I totally agree with that, Carlos. You know, like you said, back in the day, you came to camp, you spent those first two three weeks just nothing but sprints, nothing but sprints and everything, but also, keep in mind, we had those coaches back in those days, if you, if you drank water while you was at practice, you wasn't tough. So yeah, yeah, we have evolved. We have evolved to a different type of athlete than back in the day when you and I were uh, participating in athletics, no matter what level we were, we were participating on. So good, bad, or ugly, th- this is just what, what they do. The only thing that you have to worry about are soft tissue injuries from overusage and overtraining. You know, that was once a theory. You know, I'm a basketball guy. You don't lift weights during basketball season because it messes up your shot. That theory has been long gone. But when I played when I played basketball back in high school and everything like that, you didn't lift weights during basketball season. You lift weights during the offseason. season. Now, weightlifting is a year round program so it, it, it's just it's just one of those things it has some benefits it has it has some drawbacks but it's just the the reality of today's society right
0: and and when you look at it and that's a point that you brought up with over the years you're discussing um all the athletes for lack of a better term softer now i wouldn't say that but then you know three weeks, well, even if we go to spring practice, back in the day, they had, what, a whole three weeks to, to, to a month. Now it's, it's, it's 15 days. And so when you look at, is the a- athlete better or worse, I won't get into that, or softer or harder. I just think it's a different mindset. It's a different type of athlete. But one thing is, is certain, you have to be able to train yourself all year both mentally and physically during the season you know you kind of limited what you can do but off season you put in the work summer you put in the work so when you come to camp day one they give you a conditioning test most should pass you may have a few particularly AD, maybe the freshmen that you know making a transition that's why you try to get all of them in summer school then they can you know Pair up with players, and get a mentor, and, and they can kind of get acclimated now to that next level on the collegiate level. But it, it is going to be interesting um, for the teams that played in the spring. For them, they were on campus. They worked out in the summer, so they should pick pick up right where they left off. You know, Southern, Alabama, and then Texas Southern, Prairie View. And so they hit the ground running. And and all reports that I got from Southern day one, they seem to be so much further ahead than they were, say, 2019, a year before the pandemic started, as far as practice-wise. Tempo, uh, plays put in already. They're much more advanced. And so that's the advantage. So AD, I'm going to ask you, this has been the question that's been going around social media. You can look at it in two ways. Teams like FAMU and Alcorn State It's been almost two years since they hit and been in a a game situation. Some say that's a vantage, no injuries, but then, okay, those teams that have played, I look at it like, if they didn't get any major injuries, you know, then I think they're further along. What say
1: you, AD? You, You think I'm way off base on that? It's going to this really going to be interesting. Uh, and and this this is just the school of Drew, the theory of Drew. I like that. Let me write that down. The (laughs) The school of Drew practice is good, you only get better with live reps. So, those who play in the spring initially will be. Better. We have would have a better opportunity to get off to a faster start. And you know, you talked about fam. You, you talked about all Don't forget Bethune is in the same situation as those schools. Three of the nine, or twenty five percent of the SWAC did not play last year. Well, excuse me, this this uh, spring. So they will not have the timing and possible cohesiveness that some of the teams that play in the spring will have. What I am afraid that will happen is those soft tissue injuries will occur. So I think that the teams that did not play come mid-October, when it starts getting down to crunch time, will potentially be healthier than the teams that play, the number ones on those teams the teams that play will we'll have, I won't say the advantage, but will have an edge baby, because their number twos will probably be better than FAMU, Bethune, and Alcorn's number twos because they were able to get those reps during the summer, those live reps when you're hitting somebody not in your jersey, not able to cheat the play because they see the same plays In practice, all the time, so it's going. I think the depth will make the difference. How well do those number twos develop this spring? Because the ones are the ones. The ones for a reason. They're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. But when they start going down, and it's we just saw it with the NBA playoffs. The season went late, short turnaround. Break the season was, was good. You, you have to be smart, uh, and, and a lot of NBA teams were smart. When did we start seeing the injuries? Late in the season, into the playoffs. And it effectively changed who the favorite was. At the All-Star break, no one had Milwaukee winning. No one had Phoenix in the finals. What happened in April? Lakers, injury. Clippers, injuries. Jazz, injuries. Uh, Brooklyn, injuries. Atlanta, injuries. Even though Atlanta was not even thought of, but they made that run, and then the injury bug caught caught up with them. Philly, injuries. Joel Embiid went out for a minute there. So come late October, early November, when it gets down to crunch time, Post-classics, going into the championship run, possible. Watch, watch for the injuries, and then let's let's sit down and let's look at whether those teams played in the spring or did not play in the spring.
0: Those are things that we will watch out, and I know injuries are part of the game, but teams that are lucky, blessed, to not have major injuries. And, and to your point, I've always said this, coaches – Going into fall camp, they know who the number ones are, basically. Two, you want to see competition, albeit you know that. But who are the the biggest battle battles to me in camp will be for that second unit? Because they're one injury away, perhaps to a major player, then they they step up to that number one unit. So competition. And the battles, I agree with JD for that. Those backup positions, those number twos, those and the
1: number threes. Most important. What what, what did you say, AD? And the number threes, because by injury, your number your number three becomes your number two, and he becomes the man who's one play away from playing.
0: What we're talking about is depth. Yes. You know who can develop that? Who can have consistency? It's going to be a long season, and and we've talked about it already in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It is going to be a major, major battles every week. And if you go on a two-game losing streak, hell, you you can get a a bad loss at the wrong time. Then you're going to need somebody's help to get to your goal. And everyone's goal is to be in that SWAG championship game. So, let the
1: games begin. Before we get out of here on break, Carlos, just a couple of comments. Tony Franklin says, so glad to be back in the loop. Jameer L. Scott says, congratulations on the new platform. Thank you. Uh, thank you, J- Jameer. And Derek Qualls says, hashtag fear the brave. Fear the brave. And also sends a good morning to you, my brother
0: to everyone and uh and mr Derek, you can kind of tell i'm surprised you didn't have hashtag who wants that smoke he's an all-corn night alum and boy what 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 can i say i'm a southern alum and they have had southerners number but as always this year Derek, i want some of that smoke <laughs> like i'm going to be on the field playing but hey in aw munford stadium Let's see if Coach Rollins—they understand expectations. They know the history. They know that Alcorn State has been their boogeyman. So let's see if they can change that. We shall see. And by the way, I think you and Dr. Cavill brought up Alcorn that schedule—they are on the road a lot. If they win the West, and they win a championship. They would have earned it very much Play, playing on the road. So. I'm glad all is in the West. I love it. You know, you can't dodge anyone. You've got to go through all corn. That's the way it is. And on other teams. I'll steal a line from Coach Odoms, former coach. You got to win the week, one week at a time. I guess um, I need to take a time out. When I come back, uh, joined by first guest Jim Klein, Peter. Contributing writer for The Advocate. He simply covers Southern University uh, athletics. And uh, we will talk some fall camp. It started. And then in hour number two, we're going to talk some SWAC football fall camp sports information. So don't worry. We've got the SWAC covered and more. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Let's get back to strolling instead of
2: scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. Now, you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and adds a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's
1: like a loot machine. Town, we're
2: to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue.
0: Follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN online and on all social media at MyBCSN1.
1: The Cuvay Group
2: is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified Constant Contact Specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today. Don't delay. Call Cuvee.
1: It's like a loop machine. Don't round We're trying to get down. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to The Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to this week's edition of The Carlos Brown Show, watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. A lot of guests for you today, and up first is Jim Klein-Peter. He's a contributing writer for the Advocate covers Southern University Athletics.
3: Jim, nice to see you. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Carlos. It's uh, great to be here. I'm excited about this this new launch you've got.
0: <laughs> yes, new format. You know, I, I'm not going to say I have a face for radio, but, I, you know, hey, I, I think I'm, I can do both. I'll put it <laughs> that way. <laughs> so far so good. Yeah, so far so good. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, Jim, uh, Sun University opened the fall camp yesterday. Now, I, I got of some information about it was a great first day they seem further along. But I just want to get your initial overall thoughts of Southern open, opening the fall uh, fall camp.
3: Well, you know, the the good thing that they did was even though they had a coaching change, they did a lot of work in the summer and they were they hit the ground running on Friday. <clears throat> the best thing they did, I think, and I'm going to keep saying this is get vaccinated hundred uh, percent vaccination, I have a feeling there's going to be some SWAT games this year that get that end up as forfeits and I don't think any of them are going to be southern's fault uh, but because uh, some of those teams uh, I don't think they're they took or taken the mandate as seriously as southern did and they're 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 in the house with their vaccinations uh, they didn't lose but a, maybe a couple of guys they lost a couple of key guys but they've got everybody back uh, otherwise. And the thing is they've got uh, people back at the depth at positions. So uh, they've got, um, uh, again, they're going to be going in with 40 plus guys that have been uh, playing college ball for four or five years. And and that's where you build a championship team with experience.
0: Well, Jim, we're going to get into a little bit more of that. And I'm just going to ask you, uh, about goals and benchmarks, and, and this team, Coach Odom's left it in very good position. And, and are they championship medal? Are they built for a championship? We'll we'll, we'll come back to that. But to your point, uh, vaccinations at 100%, and Dr. McClellan talked about uh, the need for athletic programs personnel. To get up what at least 80 was it 85%, 85 percent yeah 85 85 percent and you know in birmingham you kind of heard the talk with some teams are not where they need to be so to to your point first and foremost yeah 100 percent uh for for some university and the athletic uh program now position battles in your opinion jim where are those those huge battles are going to, to, to be for Southern university.
3: Well, it's, it's funny. Um, you don't think of kicking as being that important, but they lost their place kicker and their punter. And he was a good one. Uh, you know, uh, Cesar Barajas is at tech, Louisiana tech now. So they've got four guys there. And I, I think any it, it's probably, it may end up a split job. You've got um, Martel Fontenot. He's a holdover. You got uh uh, freshman Luke Jackson, you've got Joshua Griffin, um, and uh, so you got, you've got you got bodies, and so the, it, that's going to be a key position. Um, linebacker, uh, I was surprised to see Caleb Carter uh, yeah. pick up and go, you know, and, and, and it happens sometimes, these players want to move on with their lives, They're, they've graduated, uh, they just went through a really, diff- last year was a really difficult year, and uh, Caleb Carter was a great player for them, Um, the second-leading tackler after Jordan Lewis, Um, but he decided he didn't want to come back. So his spot uh, and the two linebacker spots um, uh, are Derek Williams as a freshman and then Ray Anderson as a transfer from Youngstown State. So uh, those guys got a lot of snaps last year. But when I asked um, Lionel Washington yesterday about the the depth behind those two guys – he just took a pass and didn't want to mention any names. So that that could be a, a problem area for him if, they, if either uh, Williams or Anderson get hurt. It sounds like they probably have a bunch of guys and they just don't know, uh, you know, who can, you know, provide reliable backup. But I, I see, you know, I see too deep, too strong too deep everywhere else, except maybe the offensive line where you've got five starters back, but you don't know um, – you don't know about the depth if one of those guys gets hurt. So, and that's another area I think as Zach Rossi was saying uh, we gotta you know we gotta make sure we've got we know who the depth who our backups are on on the line. But they're they're pretty good at tight end. They got three quarterbacks that have played. They got a bunch of running backs, bunch of wide receivers. So uh, you know I just think a good camp will will make a, a, for a good season. You going to
0: go back to the kicking uh, position. Yeah, you mentioned Funno. Luke Jackson comes in, a freshman, but albeit a freshman comes in with a, with a, with a lot of fanfare. And also uh, Carson Wilt and Joshua Griffin. I, I think between those individuals, we'll see what the competition looks like. Who can handle, you know, maybe I know you kickoffs, punting. I, I think Joshua Griffin, I could see him, and it's just my opinion, uh, you know, punting. But I know sometimes you have in the past, Baha, kicking off, you know, field goal attempts. So it'll be interesting. That's a good point, bringing up on those special team uh, needs. And and I think uh, I would say, Jim, they would probably want to settle that as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah. And they can, um, they can do that. And I, like I said, I think it's going to probably end up being a split job um, yeah. have to mention Carson Wilt and um, he and Luke Jackson, they, they look, they're small guys. So I, I see them as guys, maybe they could end up being like the short range field goal guy. Uh, Martel Fontenot has got a strong leg, but Joshua Giffen, Griffin's got a really strong leg. I can see Joshua Griffin being the kickoff guy and maybe the punter. Um, because, of, because of the strength of this leg. But, you know, being a punter in college, you got uh, to it, – it's not as easy as it looks. You've got to be able to uh, – not only you got to get the ball out of there, but you've got to uh, get it off in enough time so you don't get it blocked. And uh, in, in high school, it, 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 you don't have to have as much of a get-off time, but in college it goes down about a second. And you've got to be able to punt quickly and still get, you know, get some air under it. And get some height and uh, get some distance. So that's gonna be real interesting. That's gonna be where they're gonna miss Carlos the most or, or uh, Cesar the most, I think.
0: I wish I could help and I wish I had some eligibility <laughs> left, but uh, of course I don't. Oh, <laughs> I'm visiting with Jim Klein, Peter of uh, The Advocate here in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, discussing Southern University starting uh, fall camps now, A camp transfers in the in, in the program they they have uh, some players that have transferred in and of course they had some that uh left the program cameron peterson did you get a chance to just see him and he's from mcneese state i believe he can really help this football team on the d line but yeah. you know talk yeah. about the other ones
3: yeah, he he's going to help them. Uh, they, he's a guy that name popped up uh, every time we talked to um, Jason Rollins. You know, when we would when we would say, "How's you? You know, what's your what what is what do you look like at defensive tackle?" He mentioned Davin Cotton, and then he brought up Cameron Peterson. So I think they're looking at him being in the rotation. Robert Square is back, and he he's been solid for them. But I think they like Cameron Peterson because he, he he gives them a guy they they can use in a three three player rotation at tackle, maybe four players. But, uh, they like Davin Cotton too, because he's, uh, he's lost some weight and he's, 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 uh, grown, grown up a little bit, but yeah, uh, Cameron Peterson uh, played at McNeese, nine tackles. He played in six games. So he's, you know, he's got some, some miles on him, which is what you want. Um, but uh, if you can keep a fresh rotation of defensive linemen, uh, that that goes a long way. The other guy that uh, he's not on the roster yet, uh, he's intriguing. Um, the, but Terrence Dunlap from Troy, uh, which happens just so happens to be Southern's first opponent, um, he is. Uh, he went into the transfer portal back in May, and he tweeted out that he was committed to Southern. But uh, here we are, what uh, three months later, uh, and. He hasn't been able to get, get the paperwork cleared. I don't know what what's going on there. He he missed the twenty nineteen season because of academic reasons. But uh he had uh three interceptions and six pass breakups in ten games last year. And that's not bad. That's uh it sounds like he's a playmaker. So uh and Southern's already deep at cornerback, but you but with these these uh, spread offenses, you need six, seven, eight uh, uh really good cover guys. And it sounds like he might that might be you know, what his strength is. But still, you know, until he's on the roster, you can't really count on him.
0: And, and also, Jim, just hearsay, I don't think that the roster, what you see now, I think it's going to be updated. And, you know, you're kind of hearing that uh, some more players that the public doesn't know about, um, they're involved with the program. So I, I guess what I'm saying is the, the – the edited updated roster will be forth forthcoming, but I, I see what we have right now. And, and again, this team, in my humble opinion, they are
3: in a great position to challenge for a championship. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned quarterback and I, I, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good information on, um, on uh, Ladarius Skelton. Um, he's lost weight, uh, by some accounts, he says he's lost 15 pounds since the spring. Uh, Rollins said he's lost about 10. He's down to 215. Uh, he's somewhere in the 215-220 range. They're working on his footwork. They're trying to make him. Um, uh, they're trying to get him a little less skittish in the pocket. They want him, you know, to 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 climb the pocket, look for his receiver, and not just take off and run uh, every every chance he gets. They they don't want him taking as many hits as he has in some games because they want to use him as a runner, too. So that was what they talked about. I've got a story about him coming out in Sunday's paper. Uh, and uh I think it it sounds good. His attitude sounds good. Uh he's had a he's got a full year under Zach Grossi, and he was able to finally, you know, sit down and meet. You know, it was something they couldn't do during during the COVID uh uh, protocols is that the, they couldn't have the team meetings like they did under normal circumstances and um, they would really never got a chance to to bond in a classroom but they did some of that in the summer they're able to do that now they'll do that in camp and uh, the second year in, in Grossi's offense I think we started to see <clears throat> Some things in that offense come out. Uh, they're going to throw to the backs a lot. They're going to throw to the tight ends a lot. Tight end, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, when you've got a, a running quarterback like uh, like Skelton, I mean, this is going to be a dangerous offense.
0: Yeah, you know, another thing here is again opinion here that being able to work with well Coach Grozny, now you kind of accentuate the things that Skelton can can do well and then try to see his development. And, and, and the attitude goes a long way. So hopefully now it's his job to lose, according to Coach Rollins. So um, you still just want to see how that competition goes. And and, and I really believe they're going to play, Jim. You, you'll see a package where you have two quarterbacks in, just my opinion, like what you saw in the Bayou Classic. But it's like you have all of these toys to play with. What's the best way to – get the best out of your skill players on the offensive side.
3: Yeah, you only have 70 plays a game, 80 plays a game maybe. So, you know, you can have all the, the crazy formations you want, but you, you've got to have some bread and butter stuff and you've got to have – you can have some uh, like that to, to really in, – in certain situations you can really um, confuse the defense – with that, but but Ladarius, um, yeah, you know everybody you might want to look back to that uh, Pine Bluff game, and that's always going to be an emotional game for him. And I, I think uh, he probably knows what he did wrong. And you look back, looking back at that spring season, and um, you know, one thing that the coaches have always said about him was he loves his teammates. His teammates love him. He's a natural born leader, um, but. Uh, They've got to if they can get him under control, and and there's no reason it can't happen. This should be his breakout year because it's his last chance. Um, You know, just staying in the pocket and and uh, not not panicking and and making good decisions in the pocket, taking the short pass as long as they're giving it to you, and then when they try to come up on the short pass, they said that's when they're going to take a shot downfield. And you saw last year they took a lot of shots downfield. They like doing that. And uh, if they can get the one-on-one coverage, and uh, and there were several instances where the receiver had the back beaten and in the pass was just a little bit too long, but they did hit that play a few times too. So I'm looking for um, I'm looking for an improved offense, and, a, and that's, that's that bodes well for Southern
0: decision making. Good point, Jim. I'm visiting with Jim Klein, Peter of the Advocate Southern University Athletics. Uh, now we're going to transition a little bit. Um five questions in your mind uh for the 2021 SWAC football season. I know you had some excellent articles about that. For those who didn't get a chance to see the articles, five questions for the Southwest Athletic Conference football season in your opinion.
3: Well, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a hallmark season for the SWAC. Look look at what's going on right now. I mean, they've got um they've added two like outstanding programs. That's that's the biggest thing right there. And uh, adding uh, Florida AM and Bethune-Cookman, uh, I mean, it's almost like the uh, SWAC preempted the SEC, you know. Uh, of course, I don't think anybody would believe that because of that, uh, Oklahoma and Texas decided to join the SEC. But, uh, you know, I mean, that was a great move for the SWAC. And, uh, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge benefit. It's going to be harder to win, uh, because that, uh, the second question is that now Alcorn's going to slide over to the West and battle. It's going to be uh, Southern Grambling and Alcorn, I, I think are going to be the, the three and, and, and don't sleep on, on Grambling. I mean, that was an off year for them. And I don't, I don't expect that to stay the same. They're going to bounce back. So, um, you know, that's, that's another thing, uh, right there. Um, the other thing, uh, another question is going to be how is the, uh, the, the COVID-19 of the pandemic going to affect, because there's not going to be any rescheduled games this year. A lot of teams, uh, you look at Alabama State, I think they played two games and, and that, that was all they needed to, to establish themselves as the East champion. And then they ended up winning the SWAC. Well, it's not going it, to, it, we may have some cancellations, Uh, I, some of the, at least three teams were only in the 60% uh, vaccination range, so uh, if they don't make 85, they're going to have to undergo uh, uh, the same testing they did in the spring, and that, that really becomes a a problem, Uh, you know, it's one more thing that the team has to do, it's one more distraction, not to mention if they, you know, find a bunch of positives uh, uh, and they have to quarantine. So that's another huge thing. Alcorn in the West. I mean, it's, uh, what's going to happen? It's uh, it, it's going to, it's going to change everything and how they're going to, uh, uh, how they're going to, uh, how the rivalries are going to be affected. Um, you know, you got two of the best quarterbacks in the country in a, in a keel glass and Skylar Perry too. And I, I would throw Skelton in that, in, in the mix there too. Uh I would throw Felix Harper in there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I forgot about Felix Harper. How, how can I forget about him? You know, you've got probably the first time the SWAC's ever had two offensive player of the years playing the same, coming back and playing the same season. So, uh, and you know, every, just about every coach in the SWAC will tell me, uh, you know, it's the team that, that, whose quarterback plays the best. That's the team that usually wins the SWAC, and that's been the case. So, uh, a lot of big questions, and and and, and the, probably the final question is which team can get the most defensive stops, because uh, defensive stops are just like, especially in the fourth quarter, you know, because that's when I watch these SWAC games, and it doesn't matter what the score is in, in, in through three quarters, it's the games always are always won in the fourth quarter. It's very seldom you see a game like the way Southern manhandled Jackson State, so. Um, yeah, that's that's another question right there. What's uh, w- what about Dion year two? You know, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of discussion there.
0: Well, from the outside looking in, I know Jackson State fan base is a they mirror Southern University, so I would think one high expectations. Albeit they turned over their roster a good bit, Jackson State fans are have high expectations. And they're going to look for Jackson State to be much more improved. And I give them a a, a window of where they want to see a championship. Or They're going to get restless. High expectations. So um, it's going to be interesting. It, It really is. I'm visiting with Jim Klein, Peter. He covers Southern University Athletics for the Advocate. Last point. Last point, Jim, and appreciate your time. Now, five questions for Southern University fall camp. Well, we kind of we went over them a little bit, but um, five burning questions for Southern University's fall camp.
3: Well, i, I tell you one uh, that we haven't gone over yet, and, and we got to talk about this coaching staff. We haven't really talked very much about Jason Rollins. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the more I look at it, the, the more they made the right choice. Uh, he's a guy that um, he has a lot of respect – uh, and I'm not talking about just at, on the Southern staff, but all around Louisiana. He he knows just every coach in Louisiana, the small schools, the big schools, good friends with Frank Wilson. Frank has a very high opinion of, of Jason, um, and the coaches that he's hired are guys that he's worked with before, and guys that some people that were already on the staff have worked with before. So, I think they've done a, you know, this is going to be a, a this coaching staff uh, coming together is going to be huge. And I don't think they have that far to go because they, they already had a head start. Uh, they already knew each other. Well, uh, Jason been on staff for a year. They went through the COVID thing together. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that's a, uh, you know, how that, you know, how Jason Rollins handles become, being a head coach. Cause it's a big difference Uh when you're an assistant, you're kind of the good cop. You, uh, you stay with your players. And then sometimes the head coach, somehow, he, sometimes he's gotta, gotta be the bad cop. He's gotta uh, lay down the law uh, as the last line of defense. So, uh, and how does he, you know, how's he going to handle game, game day situations? It seems like he's a coach who's going to um, delegate and uh, he's learned that, uh, you know, the head coach can't do everything.
0: i um, say that again, Jim. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm having an emotional moment. You can't, you can't micromanage. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I got
3: you. Okay. <laughs> I see what you said. saying. But uh, anyway, that's, I think that's the biggest burning question. And, and then we we talked about Ladarius, you know, he's got two guys behind him. If he falters, they, I don't think they're going to hesitate. Uh, Bubba McDaniel was, um, was hurt last year, or he might've been the guy that, that, that stepped in. And then uh, Lampley looked a hundred percent better last year over his 2019. So they've got so much depth at quarterback and they got guys coming behind them. Uh guy like Kobe Dillon and, and, and Harold Blood. And uh, so, uh, you know, the, the quarterback position, I, I don't think they're going to be if, if Ladarius falters, I think they'll be okay there. Um they got to find a wide receiver to step up. Marquise uh, McLean, you know, had some good moments, but uh, I just didn't, they didn't throw the ball well enough last year. The tight ends took some of the load, uh, and I think that's another burning question. The tight ends—they're going to continue to use those guys, and uh, you've got uh, you've got some some talent there. Running back room is 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 just full of talent. Uh, Gerard Sims and and they're able to shuttle backs in there, uh, keeping them fresh, and that's what you want—fresh uh, legs. So in the fourth quarter, you know you can use a guy like Gerard Sims you know, in that four-minute offense to protect a lead or and to hold the ball just to hammer the defense. You, you know when they're getting tired. Um, the biggest questions we talked about were the linebacker and 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 the kicker but uh, we didn't talk about secondary and you've got um, you got both of your cornerbacks that started last year back and you got the two guys that were going to be the starters in 2019 are also back that missed that year so you've got four corners um, that uh, they think highly of and and more behind them Jacoby Papillon you know, he is going to make a big difference on the defense. There was, he's the guy that he's that guy that makes the tackle when, uh, you know, when, if he doesn't make the tackle, it's probably going to be six. So having him back is going to solve a lot of whatever defensive problems they may have had last year.
0: Well, Jim, we appreciate the information and and your thoughts on this 2021 fall camp, which started yesterday. Um, they're going to be back on the field. I, I'm sure they're on the field today. Um, it's going to be a quick fall camp, and before you know it, you're on the road to Troy, Alabama. Have you ever been there before,
3: Jim? I've been. I've passed by, but I've never been there. I've got my uh, my my plans made for the trip, and uh, I'll be there. Uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, that's a that's a. They got a good program. This is not. Uh, this is not just a, a just another F- FCS school. They they've got some you know they got their sights set on higher things, so it's going to be a, a tough challenge.
0: Tough challenge, but it doesn't make or break the season, right? If they fall a little short, Jim, appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and stay out of the heat and humidity if you can. Thank Get you, you. I will, Louisiana. <laughs> I'm all right, day. take <laughs> take care, Jim. That was Jim Klein. Peter he covers the. uh Southern University Athletics for the Advocate joining us here on the Coles Brown Show. I'm going to take a quick time out. Dr. Travian Scott will join me next. Intercollegiate Vice President, Intercollegiate Athletic Director I'll get it right. For Graham and State University joins me next. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network.
1: My God. It's another sad day America. in America. Painful painful to be introduced to to George Floyd Floyd during his last breath with With a cop's cop's knee knee on on his neck. He deserves deserve so much so more. Much more.
2: So much How many more. black lives have to be taken before something so is done? Yeah.
1: We are not a threat. I am shaking as I talk. This has got, got to stop. stop. We are sick of it. I just want us all to live. yes will not stop, stop until it. the powers that be are finally held accountable. Don't look away from, from the truth, truth until every one of us, are, so free so one of us are free from
0: so white supremacy. The world stands
3: with us. We will keep fighting we
2: are The criminalizing and killing of black and brown so bodies is not new it's as old as America it's just getting filmed more
1: do you know what it feels like to be hunted to have a new hashtag for a dead black person every single day how does one plan a life if they aren't sure they will have a life to plan
3: Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor, Debra Dowling, Megan Thee Stallion, Maya Hall, Michelle Bartsch, Liliana Torres, George Floyd. His name was George Floyd. Say his name. Say his name.
1: George Floyd. Say his name. Say their names once again and always. We fight for justice. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Rest in power, beautiful. You didn't deserve this. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee.
0: Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue
2: for 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 all of us. This is our ESPN, so we we, we love what you guys do, Brian, A D Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got you guys do for us.
1: My God. My God, it's another sad day. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the the Black College Sports Network. Going to visit with my second guest and Dr. Travian Scott. Dr. Scott, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Glad to have you on the show. First and foremost, I just want to say congratulations to you on uh, your new position. We all knew that it was only a matter of time where you were going to lead an athletic department. So I just want to say, uh, congratulations, and uh, I know we'll still continue to have not only a professional relationship, but but a personal uh, relationship, and from everyone I talk to, you, you know, they hate to see you going away, but they understand, and they're so proud of you, so congratulations, uh, Dr. Scott. Well,
2: I certainly appreciate that. Um, you know, it's been a great uh, 10-year ride. Uh, obviously, we had our our ups and our downs, but I tell you what, we had, uh, you know, way more ups than we did downs. You know, the downs didn't get too low. Uh, They made us fight. Uh, They made us discover who we were and who we are. Um, And I'm fortunate to be able to be a part of that and to be a part of leading that process. And so, um, you know, I'm grateful for, for my Jaguar Nation family, for all of our media partners, for all of our administration, our board, our chancellor, our president chancellor rather, uh, a. D. Roman Banks, uh, his staff there, the Baton Rouge community at large has been great, and so um, you know I was uh, only able uh, to fortunate enough to be fortunate enough to get this opportunity because of those experiences and those folks that I just named, right? So, uh, you know, for me going into a um, going in, in, into a situation at Grambling State University where uh, there's a, a ton of opportunity. Um, to, to, to improve, but also a ton of history and tradition and uh, things of that nature that we can hang our head on as, as we move to try to build the department forward. And so I'll take some of those same lessons uh, that we learned. Uh, obviously it's not a one size fits all type of deal, um, but but Gramlin State University uh, is, a, is a place where I know we can go and grow.
0: I can understand that and, that, and that's perfect what you just said, because now I'm going to my points that I wanted to get covered. And and I know you, Dr. Scott. You are a guy that believes in organization and what have you. So with that being said, sir, and and hopefully uh, you've been able to think this far, and and I'm sure you got a plan, action plan together. Short-term agenda. What would you like to uh, uh, accomplish in in the short term at Graham State University? Well, I think uh,
2: there there has to be uh, a lot of listening, right? Um, you know, one of the things that I'll tell you very quickly about myself is that I don't have all the answers, but I know how to find yeah. them. And yes. so, you know, being able to engage, uh, we launched our 100 days, 100 meeting uh, initiative on my first day on Tuesday. Uh, we've taken at least a uh, minimum two meetings a day since then. Like I said, the president and I met in downtown baton rouge with some governmental officials on yesterday and so we're going to be very aggressive in having those conversations uh and the second thing and, and i guess one leads into the other um is to be able to build a culture and i think sometimes um you know the culture uh is synonymous with how the department is going to improve it it, it really has a hold on the on the morale uh not just from the administration but through the coaches and the student athletes um The next thing would be to obviously try to attract the best staff that we can attract uh, to be able to put some policies, procedures, and processes in place uh, as we move forward. Um, And then as we close out um, this fall, uh, we're going to be very aggressive in in charting the course for our strategic objectives uh, for 2022 through 2027. Uh, We've got some things that uh, we want to do in terms of uh, facilities. We've got some benchmarks that we want to realize in terms of academic uh, performance and wins and losses. I, I, I call that competitive excellence. And so uh, we're going to be very aggressive in how we approach it. Uh, we we, we want to improve across the board. Uh, obviously we we understand that we're in the state of Louisiana and we understand the, the history and the lineage of Gremlin football, but we want to win in everything. And so we're going to take that approach, um, that holistic approach toward that competitive excellence. Um, and you'll, you'll see it in, in the way that the staff is constructed uh, in the way that we go about our business um, on a day to day uh, in the way that, our coaches uh, maintain a culture of their programs and, and the way we do business overall in athletics at Gremlin state.
0: I'm visiting. And this is the part of, I, I make sure I get right. We're, I'm visiting with Dr. Travian Scott vice president of inter intercollegiate athletics at Gremlin state university. Dr. Scott, did, did I get a A on that little pop quiz? Got an A plus sir. A plus. Okay. Well, well, well thank you. I, I got to get used to it. The, the, the bets are, how Many times they're going to say Southern University in when introducing you, I'm not going to do that. But you, you talked about the short term agenda. What would be a long term uh, agenda where you see four, maybe five years since you've discussed a short term agenda, which will kind of somewhat lead into a long term agenda?
2: Well, I think you know for us, um, and I told the staff this on Tuesday houses are. Built from the bottom up and not the top down. So once we address those foundational issues, uh, then obviously we we have some uh, uh, BHAGs or big hairy audacious goals, um, you know, to 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 realize that we'd like to accomplish. And that's going to start, you know, with the commissioner's cup. You know, you win more championships than any other team in the league. Um, that's going to start with us being able to develop a robust giving program, whether that be individual or through our corporate partnerships. That's going to i be with us engaging in our alums. And that's, you know, a big part of that is, is gonna be to increase the visibility of Gremlin State, uh, being able to host more home games, being able to uh to to play more games um that, that put us in a place where we, you know, could extend uh our brand in terms of marketing. And so um, you know, in and understanding the landscape that is academics and providing a support mechanism for our student athletes to excel, right? And so um, those may not be more long term. They, they may be more of an intermediate term between uh, short and long. But those are all things that I think we can achieve. Um, and then everything else kind of comes as a byproduct of that. Right. Uh, once we get uh, to a point where we start to really function and all of our coaches understand the history, understand the culture, uh, understand our mission, vision and goals. Uh, then we want to ensure that our coaches understand what we're asking of them in, ter- in terms of maintaining Uh, that competitive excellence. So those wins and losses, that high academic achievement, that culture, um, and and, and those external uh, relationships uh, throughout the footprint, whether that be through our administration, through our alums, through their individual sport alums, uh, to be able to move our program forward. And so once we're able to achieve those things, I think we'll be okay. Uh, But right now we're we're focused on uh, the most important thing, which is uh, our student athletes and getting to know each and every one of them individually, uh, having them to understand that they are first and they matter uh, and then moving from there. And so again, we're very excited about the opportunity uh, to, to, to be on exit 81 uh, to, to represent the G uh, we're going to take it seriously. We're going to move forward and we expect excellence uh, as a result
0: of it. Uh, Dr. Scott, you mentioned earlier about how important it is uh, as far as your staff, talk about your staff that, that you have there now. And, and do you see any growth Opportunities for for your staff in place now and, and future staff members. Well, uh, I would I
2: would almost uh, be telling the truth if I just if I told you that I got there and I was all of a sudden impressed with the staff. I I, I knew them, I knew many of the staff members, and I knew that they had a really quality team in place already. Um, but what we're looking to do is to be able to add to that. Uh, one of the things that uh, I understood uh, very early at Southern is is one person can't do it all. I think I heard Jim mention it earlier about the, 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 the importance uh, of not just delegating, but having uh, a quality people in a place uh, where you can trust them and where they're competent. And we have that already, uh, but we wanna fill some spaces out to make sure that we can close that gap in some areas, mainly uh, com- uh, internal operations, compliance, academics, and fundraising is a huge piece. Uh, Obviously, we're 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 going to move in a little bit different of a direction in terms of technology and marketing and branding and being able to uh, put ourselves out there uh, a a little bit more uh, effectively than we have in the past. And so, you know, with that, again, we're taking a very aggressive approach. Uh, I've I've been interviewing as 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 I've been allowed as as you know certain positions move through the process. And so, uh, we've already begun to assemble a pretty quality staff to go with the already excellent
0: excellent staff that. Uh, was already on board. Dr. Travian Scott, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics at Grammar State University. Appreciate his time here on the Coles Brown Show. Now, COVID 19 is still a reality, the variant has taken place. What will be the continued protocol for Grammar State Athletics? Anything new to add as far as? to protection and, and still getting through this, this pandemic?
2: Well, you'll, you'll continue to hear me use the A word aggressive aggression. We, we, we operate with a high level and a high sense of aggression. And uh, right now uh, that, that, that sense of aggression uh, really uh, encompasses vac- vaccines and becoming vaccinated. And so uh, we've got a a, a very aggressive vaccination operation getting ready to take place uh, in the coming days for our student athletes who had yet been vaccinated um, obviously those conversations are sometimes uncomfortable um, with regard to 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 being able to to, to put vaccinations into your body uh, some people have their uh thoughts on it um, i'm not a a, a, a a person who uh who's not for vaccinations i just don't like the needles right and so um you know if i was able to do it i feel like you know we all can if we want to make sure that we can maintain the safety of all involved, especially in light of the Delta and now Lambda variant. Um, that's that's starting to really show itself and show itself pretty good. Right? So, yeah, um, the first thing is to be able to vaccinate our student athletes, the second thing is to be able to uh encourage them to continue to social di- socially distance. Um, and continue to move only in the packs of, of, of their fellow student athletes. Uh, we're looking to achieve herd immunity rather quickly, probably in the next week, week and a half. Um, obviously, with, with some of the things that transpired last year as it relates to, to, to football, specifically at Gremlin, uh, we don't want a repeat of that. I think, it, you know, we have to do whatever we can. Um, and part of that is education. Uh, we've had several educational sessions for our student athletes to understand the importance of being vaccinated, uh, uh, you know, everything in terms of measurable data um, uh, all the way to, um, you know, the, the ingredients or the products that are used within all of the vaccines that are available uh, just to make them feel as comfortable as possible to make an informed decision. Um, there's, there's still a piece of that that allows our student athletes um, to be able to take courses online, even though our campus is moving uh, to in the in-class setting. Um, And so, again, we're going to have to take an aggressive approach in educating and encouraging our student-athletes to be able to become vaccinated and have them to understand how important it is as it relates, uh, not just to games and and, and study hall um, and things of that nature that they would obviously undergo as student-athletes, but but also in general campus life as well and maintaining the health and the safety uh, and protecting the general student body. So we have to do our part. Uh, we've got some PSAs going out from our student athletes, especially those who are more recognizable than others, and just encouraging everybody to vaccinate, 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 um, and, and and try to get as much uh, to a sense of normalcy as possible.
0: Dr. Scott, you, you're you looking at, what, 100% uh, capacity for the football games? Is that a plan of action for Grandmen State University? So um, our
2: first game isn't until October 1st at home. So right now it is, um, but obviously with the, with the CDC and the state office, uh, you know, guidelines exactly. moving forward, hopefully they're not. Um, but again, you know, we, we've got to do what we have to do, um, you know, on, on our campus and specifically in our department to ensure that we can move forward and not have any game interruptions. Um, if we're able to do that, um, then that kind of, you know, that word gets out. And then it encourages our fans if they want to be 100% capacity to do the same thing. So, you know, again, I'm encouraging everyone uh, within the sound of my voice, uh, if you haven't already, uh, get vaccinated. This thing has hit home for me um, in ways that you wouldn't imagine. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if you're using a method of six degrees of separation, uh, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, who knows somebody uh, that was adversely affected uh, through this COVID-19 virus, and that doesn't necessarily mean um, that that you know they 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 transition or succumb. Um, but I've had some family members who are awfully close, and I've also had uh, some family members or friends who who who've not made it. And so again, we've got to take this seriously. We've got to approach it like it is a life and death
0: um, issue because it is. Well said, Dr. Scott. Well, well said. Uh, last but not least, and, and I can just imagine the emotions, and I'm gonna move forward to the Bayou Classic. I'm not gonna ask you something silly about uh, who who you're pulling for. That's just a just a, that would be a dumb question. But from an emotional standpoint, how, how do you think you're gonna be as far as when when, when that Bayou Classic is uh, played this year? Oh, I think I'll be fine. Uh, I think I'll I'll be the luckiest
2: person in the room because everybody in the room would be my family, right? So, uh, you know, I look at it different. You know, anybody who knows me knows that I'm ultra competitive. Uh, I told our student athletes the other day, I, I hate losing more than I love winning. And so, you know, whatever color I have on, I expect that color to be victorious, but everybody in the room uh, be family until we play that kickoff that, you know, that, that for that three hour period on NBC and afterwards, um, you know, we'll be family again. So, Um, I don't, I don't suspect that I would be any more emotional than I, than I've already been. Um, But, but I do suspect, um, you know, to be happy to see a lot of my Southern university family uh, and be happy to embrace my new family.
0: That is Gremlin state university. Dr. Scott, it'll be a win-win situation. That's how I term, term it for you. Just one simple request. Take no prisoners against a team that you know who I love. I, I love them, they're HBCU family, but it's a, such a competitive nature. And you know who that is, Jackson State. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're we're going to take
2: that approach with, with everybody we, uh, we lined up. <laughs> and so, you know, the, 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 our coaches understand, you know, the goals and, and what's expected of them. Uh, for me, and I understand what's expected of me from President Gallo and on up to the UL system board. So uh, again, very excited. Uh, we, 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 we're, we, we've we gotten off to a, 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 a running start. Um, you know, I feel like somebody's chasing me all day. The staff, they laugh at me because they say I never stop. But, you know, I think in my sleep, I get up in the middle of the night, I, I write notes, I send emails, I send text messages, um, because I think uh, that this is a, a great opportunity for our team to go in and really to really to affect the type of change that i believe we can affect um you know in a positive way at Gramlin state university and so uh with the with the university and an institution uh so deeply rooted in history and the tradition uh, our forefathers deserve that and so we're going to do everything we can to uphold that tradition um and to really extend that legacy uh, as long as we can
0: on that note once again dr scott uh, appreciate you coming on. Congratulations again on your new position. And if there's anything that I can do in the Coles Brown you show, as far as getting information out for you, Hey, count me in. You know where to find me. Thank you for having me. Go Tigers. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go Tigers. Yep. Yeah. Keeping it in the state folks, but uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, Dr. Scott, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Looking forward to it. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you. That was a, uh, Dr. Travian Scott, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics at Grambling State University. I did not say Southern, not even being facetious. But it is what it is. He he's going to be missed. And this is just my personal opinion. And uh, he'll do well at Grambling State University. I'm going to take a quick time out. When I come back, Brandon, BJ Jones, of the forthcoming show, the BJ Jones Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network joins me next. And then following uh, B.J. Jones will be uh, Charles Epplin of Braves Talk joining the Black College Sports Network family. Both of those guests are coming up. You're watching The Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back.
1: Your ad could be ran here myjbn.com backslash support
0: myjbn.com backslash support for more information